Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Today, I'm welcoming Katie LeBlanc onto the podcast. She is a holistic nutritionist and she has a PhD in archaeology. She healed her own autoimmune disease, which was inflammatory arthritis using nutrition and lifestyle changes. And she now helps others with autoimmune diseases by developing personalized nutrition and lifestyle plans to help them feel their best. So she believes every autoimmune disease is unique and she helps her clients to navigate the confusing world of nutrition research so that they become active participants in their healthcare journey. And she also teaches advanced nutrition research at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. Welcome Katie onto the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here today and talk all about autoimmune um, and arthritis specifically. Hi Lawrence, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this topic as well. Something that's uh, really near and dear to my heart because I do have an autoimmune disease and I am a holistic nutritionist. And so before we get started into the topic, I would love for you to share your story with us because I know like you and many of healthcare practitioners today, we usually go through struggles and, you know, ups and downs before we get into this field. So I'd love to hear about kind of what brought you into this and a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. So it's kind of been a long road to get to where I am now, um, but it all started when I was 19. So well over a decade ago when I was diagnosed with an autoimmune form of arthritis called ankylosing spondylitis. Um, it's kind of similar to rheumatoid arthritis, um, but it's a lesser known type. And I developed this after I had my wisdom teeth out, and then I had eight months of infection from that. So lots of antibiotics. Um, I think I pretty much killed all my gut bacteria at that time, and then um, all of the joint pain started after that. So it was really challenging at first. I was pretty young, and when you hear the word arthritis, you don't really think of someone who's um, a teenager, So it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around what inflammatory arthritis actually is um, and to deal with the pain. So at the beginning, it was difficult to walk, get out of bed, um, even get dressed by myself. And eventually, um, I went to a specialist and I was given really strong anti-inflammatory and immunosuppressant medication, which I was really grateful for at the time because it provided me with a lot of pain relief and prevented a lot of joint damage from occurring. So I was fine with that. And I kind of just coasted through my early 20s, trying to forget about my disease, um, put it at the back of my mind, just take my meds and try to move on. And there's basically the thought in conventional medicine that there is no cure for inflammatory arthritis. So I knew this was something I'd probably have to live with for the rest of my life and continue to take these meds, um, which were pretty strong. One of them that I was on, um, methotrexate is an immunosuppressant. So it kind of suppresses your immune system, makes you more prone to um, get viruses or other bacteria. So I would get sick a lot. Also makes you really nauseous because it's a low dose form of chemo. So it was, pretty tricky to kind of balance the side effects of the meds and the disease. Um, So I just never really felt very healthy 
throughout my 20s. Um, and then in my mid-20s, I had started a PhD in archaeology. So that was kind of my um, career for a while. But I started to really become curious about nutrition, probably around when I was 25 or so, and the link to autoimmunity. So this was kind of a time when gluten-free was a buzzword, it was becoming popular, and um, people were starting to talk about nutrition a little bit more. Um, it was never something that any of my doctors had ever mentioned. No um, discussion of a link between nutrition and arthritis. So I decided to kind of branch out, seek more holistic focused doctors. So I went to a lot of naturopaths and I've seen many throughout my journey, but one that was really influential to me was um, one that I had saw in Quebec about five years ago. It was actually my partner's um, childhood naturopath that he took me to. And uh, she was the first person to really tell me that, okay, you can actually heal from this. You just need to dive deep into nutrition, supplements, and lifestyle adjustments. And I was really stunned when I heard this. Um, no one had ever told me that you can actually use food to heal. So this is kind of what really motivated me to look deeper into the nutrition side of things. So I started doing some of my own research on the topic. Um, I found some pretty interesting studies that definitely started to support the idea that food could be anti-inflammatory, but there's no good quality study saying this is how you use food for arthritis or this autoimmune disease or this chronic disease. So it was kind of like reading through the lines, um, sorting through a lot of the research and trying to figure out, okay, um, what bits and pieces can I take from this to kind of create my own plan? So I started experimenting with a lot of different uh, foods and elimination protocols. Um, so a lot of anti-inflammatory foods um, at the beginning. So I stumbled upon a lot of different programs. Um, if you've heard about it for autoimmunity, I've probably tried it at some point in time. So everything from a more paleo-like approach to a completely plant-based uh, approach and extreme elimination programs I've done over the years. And uh, what really helped me most was kind of listening to my body and realizing that everyone is going to be different no matter what type of um, autoimmune disease you have. And not any one diet is going to uh, really work for everyone. So I had to really kind of step back and listen to what my body was saying and kind of revise what I was doing over the years. So after I finished my PhD about three years ago, um, I kind of become obsessed with nutrition and no longer obsessed with archaeology. So I really wanted to know more and to be able to help others. Um, so I decided to go to IHN, um, so the Institute of Holistic Nutrition in Vancouver, BC, and I graduated there in 2008. And after that, I started my own nutrition consulting company, uh, Restoring Autoimmune Health. So now, basically, seven years after I started really looking into nutrition, um, I'm in complete remission for my disease, and I haven't really needed any medication in almost two years. So now I mostly rely on nutrition and lifestyle to really keep my disease 
inactive. And uh, right now I'm actually nearing the end of my six months of pregnancy as well I, with my first baby, which I'm really excited about and grateful wow, for. Congratulations. Thanks. So yeah, so good news. I know, something that uh, I couldn't really think about when I was on all the meds for arthritis. So I'm pretty excited about that now. Amazing. Well, I love hearing stories like that. It's just so empowering and inspiring, especially, I, I mean, me and you can definitely relate with, you know, having conditions that um, the conventional world says there's nothing you can do about. Like for me, it's PCOS, a bunch of other things too. Um, but it's just not, as you and I both know, holistic healing is going to really integrate nutrition the lifestyle, the mental health. So when you are already in a state of despair and you don't feel good physically, the mental state is so important, right? So it's really mm -hmm. important to be able to know that you can heal. I think that's like one of the biggest steps. Um, but then actually proving it to yourself is just an amazing feeling. So congratulations on that. Um, and I also love how you mentioned about diets, how you tried all of them pretty much. Um, I also experimented with a lot of them with PCOS because all of these diets are thrown at you and they say, this is the way, that's it. Like you can't eat this, you can eat this. And it just becomes very restrictive and confusing and usually backfires on you. I mean, some of these can be therapeutic, usually acutely, um, but I think the best way to go about as well is really intuitive, right? Like it, it makes sense and it's, the easiest way to go you're actually just listening to your body so i'm really really glad that you mentioned that uh, when it comes to inflammatory arthritis though i think a lot of people might be surprised to hear this from you developed it when you were a teenager correct yes i did yeah so that seems to be pretty rare uh, usually you kind of see it as a common thing in older demographics um, but if you could talk a little bit about what it is exactly and is there a genetic component to this or why is it coming up more in elderly people versus teenagers, for instance, in your case? Right. So that's a good point. Um, there's usually a common misconception about um, arthritis because there's two actually general categories. So the first category is osteoarthritis. Um, so this is what we think of as what happens as we age, um, wear and tear on our joints, and we get pain that way, or it can also happen after an injury to a joint. But this is not an autoimmune type of disease. So uh, osteoarthritis is one separate category. And then inflammatory arthritis is a type of, well, a general category to describe over 100 different types of arthritis, which are autoimmune in nature. So this includes rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, reactive arthritis. There's many, many different types under this umbrella of inflammatory. So when we think of inflammatory, um, it's autoimmune in nature. So the body is attacking its own joint tissue. And this is leading to inflammation, swelling, redness, pain, and eventually degradation of the joint over time if the inflammation isn't kept under control. So this is the type of arthritis that requires a lot of medication to really control. Um, and this can happen at any age. There's actually juvenile idiopathic arthritis as well. So this can happen to children um, and it can happen anytime throughout life. It's usually more um, common in women we're seeing um, to have this autoimmune component of the inflammatory arthritis, but really it can impact anyone anytime throughout the lifespan. So it is becoming um, a lot more common, 
So not just for the elderly, if you have the autoimmune component, it can happen kind of any time throughout the lifespan. So that's kind of a, a misconception about arthritis. Um, so two general categories. And so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but if you've never heard of arthritis before or you don't know someone who has it, I didn't know anything about it until I was diagnosed. And even when I was diagnosed, it's still not very clear the different types that are happening. And so for you, it obviously was inflammatory based, so autoimmune. Could you talk a little bit about that? I think we are all pretty much aware that this is becoming an epidemic with autoimmune disease, uh, mm -hmm. with rates not just with this type of thing, arthritis, but, you know, thyroid or other diseases as well. So what does it really mean that our body is attacking different tissues, whether it be, as you mentioned, joint or thyroid, etc.? Um, why is the body doing this and what, what triggers this to happen? Right. So autoimmunity is pretty complex because, as you mentioned, there are so many different types. Um, it can affect the thyroid, like in Hashimoto's, um, or MS um, is autoimmune, Crohn's disease, um, celiac disease. So a lot of different diseases are kind of popping up lately. Um, and researchers don't really know for sure why it's happening. It's thought to be um, a mix of genetics and then some type of environmental trigger. So for genetics uh, and arthritis, um, like my own, there have been certain genes that are kind of linked to that type of disease. But there's this new field of epigenetics, which is really fascinating, which is telling us that some genes can actually be triggered on or off by the environment that they interact with. So this kind of means our internal environment. So anything we kind of expose our body to, uh, nutrition, water intake, um, pollution, stress, even our thoughts on a daily basis, how much movement we get daily. Um, and these are all impacting how our genes are expressed for certain types of genes linked to chronic disease. So this is kind of starting to help explain why even though I have a particular gene that's linked with my disease, I can begin to play around with it and turn the gene expression off by using nutrition and lifestyle because that gene is exposed to my internal environment on a daily basis. So even though genetics is thought to play a role, environmental triggers are also known to really impact the development of autoimmunity um, and inflammatory arthritis as well. So with my story, um, when I had my wisdom teeth extracted and then eight months of infection and antibiotics, that was really the trigger for my gene to get turned on. So another big um, area of research right now is the microbiome as well. So we know that our gut bacteria have a really big role to play in the pathogenesis of autoimmune disease. So we know that we actually have 10 times more bacterial cells and human cells in the body. So if this ecosystem gets out of balance or disrupted in any way, then it can really influence our health. Um, so in terms of our immune system functioning, hormone regulation, digestive health, um, this is becoming a really big topic of research. So now we're thinking of autoimmunity as basically a state in which something is not going right um, with the signaling of our immune system. So usually due to genetics and some type of environmental trigger is causing um, this miscommunication. And that can 
uh, affect various organs or tissues depending on what your underlying genetic predisposition is. Right, so it's the, sorry, the epigenetics that's coming up, um, a lot of research coming out with that as well. But I think it's really important to note though as well, it's kind of like I was talking about when we have the mindset where we can kind of believe that we can heal. Um, but with epigenetics, it's actually reassuring because a lot of people say like, oh, it runs in my family, like there's nothing I can do about it. Um, same thing as PCOS. Um, epigenetics play a huge role, right? So it's really, really important that you pay attention to what you're ingesting, your environment, et cetera. Um, so I think that's really important thing to remember as well, because we have so much control and there's going to be that trigger, right? There's usually an emotional trigger or toxin or whatever it is, maybe diet. Um, so yeah, super important to remember that. Then I just wrote something down, um, for you, what were the symptoms specifically that came up with your autoimmune arthritis? Like, was it just pain or was it, you did talk a little bit about it, but specifically to, to this type of condition, like fatigue or moodiness, depression, what kind of stuff came up? Yeah, it was, it actually took quite a few months to kind of narrow down what was happening to my body because it all started so randomly. Um, it started with just pain in one of my toes and um, it had got really swollen and painful and stiff. So kind of stiffness and redness and pain is, is a pretty telltale sign of some joint inflammation going on. Um, but at the time, doctors had no idea what was going on. And then it started to kind of move around my body a little bit more. Um, different toes and then to another foot and then to my wrist. Um, and it got to the point where I was you know, waking up at night in pain and with arthritis it's usually early morning stiffness is kind of a telltale sign so until your joints get moving um, they're really stiff and achy and really hard to move around so those were some of the early symptoms that i had and eventually it kind of moved to different joints throughout my body but it definitely took a few months um, i even had a doctor tell me oh you need foot surgery and did not need that. <laughs> so it just took a long time to get into a specialist. Um, in Canada, I was living in Nova Scotia at the time, and it just took a long time to really get someone to do the testing that I needed, um, especially because when you're 19, people don't think right away that, oh, you probably have inflammatory arthritis. Um, now it's becoming more common, and I think doctors are recognizing the symptoms a little bit more, but at the beginning, it was it was really difficult to kind of pinpoint, but I also had a lot of fatigue. Um, and looking back now, definitely a lot of depression, which I hadn't really associated it uh, with the disease at that point. But now there's a lot of research linking um, to increased levels of depression and anxiety with inflammatory arthritis as well. Yeah, it totally makes sense, especially with autoimmune. There's a lot of inflammation, and it's usually starting with the gut, right? So that we know is directly linked with the brain and depression and anxiety. Um, but for you, is there a specific criteria for the diagnosis of autoimmune arthritis? So usually it's, um, you have to present with some joints that are swollen, red, tender, um, and then you have to see a specialist called a rheumatologist and they're able to really assess what's going on. So your family doctor might 
send a referral to a rheumatologist. Um, and then once you get to C1, they'll do a series of blood tests too for inflammation. So usually something called C-reactive protein is checked. Um, so it's the level of inflammation in the body. And once you have a few different markers that are identified, then there's generally a diagnosis given. But um, I wasn't given a clear diagnosis at the beginning. I was just told you have some type of inflammatory arthritis. We don't know exactly what kind. It doesn't really seem to be rheumatoid, um, but you have some type. And it took a few years before um, they kind of put the pieces together. And then once I started getting some um, joint pain in my SI joint, which is common with my type of disease, and they tested my genetics, then it was like, okay, you have this type likely. Um, but it took many years to get a, a really more concrete diagnosis. And so what did your healing protocol, quote unquote, look like, uh, starting with food? What was, what did the healing journey look like for you? And what were the biggest changes that really made a big impact? Right. So with food at the beginning, um, I just tried doing like a few weeks of an elimination diet. So I had taken out sugar, dairy, um, gluten, um, and processed foods, and then just tried to test out dairy and gluten mostly at the beginning. Um, I didn't really know everything I needed to be testing for. Um, so that was kind of my initial um, stepping stone into it. Just take out a few foods and um, see how they make me feel when I reintroduce them. But for gluten and dairy, I didn't really notice right away um, any symptoms. And I think it, this was hard because I was on medication. So a lot of my symptoms were suppressed from the medication. So it was difficult to kind of use an elimination style um, to figure out what was causing pain and what wasn't. So um, after I went to my naturopath in Quebec and she had given me really a good list of anti-inflammatory foods, um, so sugar, damaged fats, so trans fats, highly heated vegetable oils, um, alcohol, caffeine, gluten and dairy, and potential nightshades. Um, I had taken out most of those, and um, I had also added a lot of anti-inflammatory foods. So I really increased uh, my fiber intake, lots of fruits and veggies, um, greens were really, really important, lots of greens throughout the day, um, soaking and sprouting a lot of my foods, especially plant-based proteins, so beans and lentils and chickpeas, uh, really soaking them myself to make sure that they were going to sprout first so I could digest them more easily. Because Can you, sorry, I'm going to stop you for one second. Can you explain a little bit why we would soak and sprout for those who are like, what does this mean? I've never heard of this before. Yeah, sure. So soaking and sprouting, um, a lot of legumes like our beans and lentils and chickpeas have something called anti-nutrients, which really prevent us from breaking them down properly and absorbing their nutrients. So instead, when we take the raw form and we soak them for a certain period of time in water um, to the point where they start to sprout a little bit, um, it kind of gets rid of these anti-nutrients and we're able to digest them a lot more easily and to absorb the nutrients that they have. Um, so this is really great when your microbiome is kind of in dysbiosis, like mine was, it was really difficult to digest, um, 
even to this day, lentils, I still have a really hard time digesting, so I just avoid them. But um, for the most part, if I do soak and sprout a lot of my foods initially, then it's a lot easier for my digestive system to break everything down and to absorb those nutrients. Right. And I know that for autoimmune healing and gut healing, um, I mean, it really depends what side you're on. There's the vegan community, the paleo, the keto. Usually for this kind of thing, paleo is emphasized. Did you try paleo? What are your thoughts on paleo for autoimmune healing? Mm-hmm. Um, well, just one thought, um, being an archaeologist, the term paleo <laughs> as a diet does not work uh, with the research. Um, so it's this idea that our paleolithic ancestors ate a certain way, which the archaeological research doesn't really um, support at this stage. But anyways, um, for me, paleo, I had tried something similar. I never did like um, a full-blown paleo nutrition protocol, um, but the anti-inflammatory nutrition plan I was following for my naturopaths was kind of similar, um, but I didn't eat um, tons of animal protein um, or as much as is encouraged in the paleo diet. And grains are usually generally not really encouraged in the paleo diet, um, but those were something that I found were beneficial to me. So it's something that I kept in. I also did a pretty extreme plant-based diet uh, for a while, and that worked for uh, about a couple of years, and then my body started kind of reacting to that as well. Um, So I think all of these different therapeutic diets can be therapeutic um, in small doses, um, shorter timeframes, and different periods of your healing journey, Um, but it's also important to kind of reflect on how are you feeling while you're doing these different types of nutrition protocols and do you feel good on a daily basis? And if not, try to switch it up a bit. Love it. Yeah, definitely going to be personalized to you. So I think the best way is to try it and then tweak it, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other end of the spectrum, what are the worst foods you would say for arthritis or autoimmune in in general? Yeah. So in general, I would say sugar, number one, um, any type of refined sugar. Um, I like to use maple syrup or um, unpasteurized honey when I'm baking or using it in any type of cooking. So refined sugar, definitely number one. It's very, very inflammatory. Um, There's lots of research on this now, so that's not disputed. Um, Any type of really uh, highly processed foods. Um, So in North America, we have a pretty standard processed food diet, which is very inflammatory. So basically, if you can't find it in the produce aisle and create food from it, then it's generally processed and um, it's best to stay away from the highly processed foods. Um, Highly heated vegetable oils are another inflammatory product. So I like to use um, grass-fed ghee or coconut oil for cooking. Um, Dairy and gluten are very inflammatory for a lot of people with autoimmunity. So those are ones I usually suggest uh, at least testing and keeping out of the diet for a few months just to see how you feel. And caffeine and alcohol are also really inflammatory and can suppress the immune system. So those are ones that I tend to avoid. Um, Nightshades, which are things like tomatoes, white potatoes, peppers. Um, Some people find them to be a problem 
for autoimmunity. Um, I haven't really found them to be too much of a problem, but it's always something that you want to test and see if that works for you or not. Awesome. And then the last thing I want to ask you is, do you have any natural favorite remedies for what you've been through, arthritis and autoimmune healing, whether it be like herbs or supplements or, I don't know, lifestyle changes, things like that? Yeah, for sure. So over the last seven years, I've kind of um, had a few different remedies that have been really important in my healing journey. Um, one of the big things is making sure that lifestyle is something that you address as well. You can eat the healthiest food possible. That's very anti-inflammatory, but if you're very stressed, you're not sleeping, you're not moving your body, it's not going to matter as much. You need to always address the lifestyle factor. So for me, I knew stress was always something that flared my arthritis. So being in academia, that was an environment that was stressful and it was difficult for me to heal there once I had left um, the healing journey went a lot quicker so stress is something that I always watch out for um, sleep as well if I don't get seven to eight hours of sleep a night I can definitely feel my joints beginning to ache again so that's something that's really important um, gut healing has been really important as well so that microbiome um, uh, using probiotics and fermented foods um, has really helped to kind of keep the bacteria in balance. And you mentioned herbs. Herbal medicine can be really powerful, um, and I've loved to use that throughout my journey. Uh, nettle is one of my favorite herbs, which is really great for liver and kidney support, which is really important when you're on a lot of medications for autoimmune disease because they can really affect those organs. So I really like um, nettle as one of the herbs that I use a lot, um, and immune support, lots of hydration um, is really important as well. So I'm always making sure that I'm drinking about two to three liters of water a day and more if I have any type of caffeine. And some of my favorite anti-inflammatory foods, um, ginger, turmeric, garlic, greens, um, and when I do feel a little bit of joint pain coming on, I love to use um, a celery, cucumber, lemon, and ginger juice to kind of um, decrease my inflammation and pain. Um, I also always usually recommend getting iron checked because this is something that is usually low for a lot of people with autoimmune disease. Um, just because the disease itself can impact iron stores. So getting that checked, and especially if you have a lot of fatigue and seeing if that can play a role. And the last thing that I really like using um, is a castor oil pack, uh, which is something that's great for the liver and digestive system. So it's basically you take a organic cloth of some kind, um, you buy organic castor oil, you can find in most health food stores you kind of heat up the cloth and then you place it directly over your liver and then wrap it up for about an hour or two um, in the evening and it's really great for um, supporting the liver if you especially if you're on um, medications which can affect that and to help get your digestive system moving Amazing. Those were really, really great tips. Um, I love this episode. It's the first time we've spoken about this on the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So thank, thank you so much for reaching out and coming on. I would love for you to tell our listeners where we can find you and what you're up to. 
Yeah, so thanks so much for having me. I love talking about autoimmunity and arthritis, so uh, this is really fun. Um, you can find me, my website is uh, www.restoringautoimmunehealth.com. So you can find all of my services there, a little bit more about me. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under Restoring Autoimmune Health. And um, I just also published a free ebook this week which you can download if you go to my website as well, which kind of recaps a lot of the things we've been talking about here. So what autoimmunity is, why it develops, um, how food can help, and how to incorporate lifestyle and holistic nutrition. Amazing. Well, the links will all be in the show notes. We can all grab it. Thank you so much again for coming on. That was fantastic. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you.